I know you're into rocks. Are you into rocks? I've been collecting rocks since I was a little kid. I like crystals. Um... Of course kids are drawn to rocks because it's there's so many ways that they can have that sensory input with them. Picking up shiny rocks and showing them off and putting them in a bag never to be seen again. That's basically my experience with rocks. You know, who doesn't like crystals and agates and anything shiny? It, you know, it's like rockosophy, but in a podcast. It's rockcast podosophy. Let's do it. Are you into rocks? I know you're into rocks. Are you into rocks? Into rocks? Yes. You grab a thumper? No. I should be, though. Sounds like it. Rocks are great. What's up, Cat? Cat. Hey. How are you kids doing? We're doing good, old man. I know, right? <laughs> so, Sam, tell me about your rock. A longer knife. I don't even know where to start. Okay. I have boxes of them. <laughs> I have traveled with them for years and years from all different kinds of places. Um, I'm a geologist, went to school for geology. No. Don't practice geology, but still enjoy it. But I wouldn't. I've been collecting rocks since I was a little kid. Like it'd be, even go out and visit my aunt on her gravel driveway. I'd be picking out agates out of the gravel driveway. Where are you from? Portland, Portland, Oregon. Born and raised. Willamette. Yep. Yep. Willamette. She's not from. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Willamette, Oregon. <laughs> no such place, but whatever. Tea guard. Twilight team. Oh. I've heard them all. <laughs> Whatever. I was the exact same way when I moved out here. I'd be pronouncing stuff. I didn't know how to pronounce Ponderay for years. So he got his name Box of Rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about as smart as one. Our house is full of rocks. Oh, yeah. We buy them where we, we collect them and buy them where we go. Got another rock? Yeah. You have another? You want to tell me about your rocks? I. They're hard and big and beautiful. Cool. A lot of them from South America. Oh yeah. Oh, so like a lot of nice gems. Like Brazilian agates. Wow. Um, the oh god, what's that green stuff that's poisonous? Has all the swirls in it. That's such a vague. I no, no there's not a lot of green Kryptonite, maybe. There's a lot of them. <laughs> Malachite, serpentinite. I think serpentinite it is. might be poisonous. Yeah, the brains. Yeah, it's malachite. It's a big green rock we have. It's about this big and it's polished and it's gorgeous. But yeah, a lot of a lot of South American stuff. Why do you like rocks? Just huh? Why do you like rocks? Why do you like the outdoors? I have an entire blog about why I like rocks. <laughs> so when I say why do you like rocks, you could say like you just like rocks. That's fine. <laughs> but like I've. Got some philosophical I grew up, like Dan, I grew up, we had a guy down the street That's who cool. did some rock work and he put out these piles of rocks for kids to go through. Mm -hmm. And so we'd pick through agates and, you know, we'd go to the coast a lot or go to the San Juans a lot and you'd find rocks on the beach there. And, you know, who doesn't like crystals and agates and anything shiny? A lot of people, turns yeah. out. Don't like it? Yeah. Maybe don't a lot of people do, it. but uh, I think people tend to outgrow it because it's like a kid thing. So we went to a rock show in Madras, Oregon, um, a couple, uh, six, seven summers ago, 
and you know all these people just like a big flea market there's hundreds of tables mm -hmm. of, of people and the problem becomes just like the gun shows i go to you don't know if you're being taken or not right right and so people are trying to get as much as they can and you know what you have is dirt but what they have is beautiful but um one of the things i bought was actually a sphere making machine i haven't used it yet cool. but they're expensive and they're hard to find and I was thinking I'll get to it because I love spheres. Spheres are my favorite uh, shape rather than natural. Yeah. Um, so someday maybe I've got the grit for it and all that other stuff. But there, of all the things I could have chosen to do as a hobby, making spheres would have been the hardest one. Uh huh. But guys were shaking their head when they saw me with it. So. Do you have thunder eggs? So you. I grew up with those. Well, right, but like Mad Madras. Oregon, yeah, we actually went to, was it Anderson Ranch? I only know of Lucky Strike and Richardson's. Oh, that's what I meant. Anderson Ranch is a fly fishing in Boise. So yeah, Richardson Ranch, <laughs> we went there and it was close. But it gets really hard in the joints when you're our age and you start hammering rocks with hammers while you're laying on the ground or kneeling <laughs> on the ground. It's just like, oh my God, mm -hmm. just give me a backhoe. It's so much easier. That's cheating. Last so, time I was there, somebody had like a power tool. They brought a mini generator in their truck. And they <laughs> had like kids. They had yeah, like a teenager and like a small kid. And they were like, yeah. Rock hammers work great if you know how to use them. Mason hammers or rock hammers? Rock hammers. Real rock hammers? I, I carry it. Well, I don't have my mason hammer with me, but I carry that just because I like to paddle on it and kind of dig through stuff. But the rock hammer with the pick. I've mm -hmm. got one of those made by, who's the blue? They make the blue. S-wing? Yep. Yeah. Got those. Got one of those. There's a... When we would go up to uh, Curlew Lake, Tibbins and I went to, to just outside the town of Republic. They've got like the, the civil mines, you know, part of the park. Yep. You can go hammer there. So. It's my favorite thing. I love seeing what's in rocks, pulling back layers. Road cuts are the coolest thing to me. You see all the sedimentary layers. Yeah, we see that a lot on the water. I mean, yes. just imagine all those layers of sedimentary rock put down, and none of them are in a straight line. Right. right? And you always wonder what's in there. Find some pretty cool things. I don't wonder enough to stop my work and go do it. I found a bunch of garnet in a road oh, nice. once. And it was, you wouldn't know unless you were up there, but once you got close to it and you started hammering away from the face that was there, you saw all the little red crystals. Was it purple? Hmm? Was it purple? Red. You know they got a bunch on the St. Joe River, right? There's a garnet mine up there. They, oh, I didn't even know that. I think it's closed now, but it's... When I was fishing, Lisa would go through the rocks, and you'd end up with all these tiny little shavings. Yeah. Little pieces of garnet. And I guess they use them a lot in sandpaper. Awesome. Hard grit. So, yeah, I guess we... I'm not... I don't know much about rocks. I just... No, I like them. And yeah, that's enough. Whether I'm throwing them or collecting them, they're good. My experience with rocks was I went bull penning one time. It was boring four hours of my life that I'll never get back. <laughs> I did like being outdoor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's the silver line. There's it's that. Harder. Yeah, I should get a picture of that malachite piece I have because it took a lot of talking to get it from a lady. Yeah, like I said, you should. It's, it's this big. Oh, nice. And it's polished and undulates and. I guess you can, if you breathe too many of those fumes when you're working on it, you're in trouble. So. Somebody I worked with at RTR said that there's a road cut, like, out in the Spokane area that has uh, radioactive 
some radioactive mineral, I don't remember the name of it, but um, he had a friend that like knew where it was and they had to like wear masks to go collect it. He keeps it in like a jar in his storage unit. Manual storage unit is. Is it a common radioactive thing like granite? You know, I don't know, but he pulled it up on Google and it and he was like after like a twelve hour day in the field. So like I was just like, ooh. Cool. Yeah. That's where that's where radar comes from, comes from the dirt, right? So maybe a breakdown of that product. I don't yeah. know. That's pretty cool. It always yeah. makes me laugh because like, people like their granite countertops. Mm -hmm. Stuff's radioactive. Cool. That's why they have it. Yeah. I didn't know it was that radioactive. I don't think it is. I, I don't think it's enough to oh, it's okay. it's Every... enough to register. I don't think it's enough to worry about. I didn't know it was enough to register. That's awesome. Yeah. So just remember that when you want to put your granite countertops in. <laughs> like I'll ever be able to afford granite. All right. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Kent. Can you say, can you introduce yourself for me, please? You're being interviewed. You're being interviewed. You're recording this? Mm -hmm. I don't have to. I can delete it. <laughs> oh, my name's Chris Darwin. <laughs> I mean, I can also just edit out the part that you're talking, which is fine. I don't mind. Okay. I just wish I knew more. I ask people stories and then I put it, and I use big words like opulent and epoch. I'd use a bigger word like anti-disestablishment as a tyrannism. But that doesn't, no, I could. You're right, I that could. Would be tough to use talking about rocks, but mm -hmm. they're throwing rocks at people to stone them. <laughs> anyway. So my name's Kent Mayer. There we go. Thank you. And you like rocks? I like rocks. I love rocks. My neighborhood was so tough, we didn't have snowball fights. We had a rock fights. <laughs> we, 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 we didn't have participation trophies. We had just big boulders on your head. Black eyes. Yeah. yeah. Go to the rock show. I like Metallica was already here in December. No. Oh, Those different kind of rock. Rocks. That kind of rock's cool, too. Do you have a favorite rock? What? Hmm. I'm not prepared for that question. <laughs> I don't um, say they're all your favorite because that would just be cheating. It changes over the decades, actually, is what happens. Um, things become popular and then they kind of fade away. I like Labradorite a lot. Uh, it's green and all the we've got we've got another big piece of one of that and then a smaller one because it has so much blue in it and then I got a third one that's a sphere about six inches in diameter or just sitting on a little sphere mount but never want to help you move <laughs> no. oh yeah it's a thing it's yeah. a whole thing I my brother-in-law hates my rock collection I bought a um, when I bought that uh, sphere machine I also bought a grinder a, a wheeled grinder mm -hmm. that um, one side is hard, one one side is soft for buffing. So you you begin to work the rocks down. I mean, I don't like I I like polished rocks. You know, I grew up with a lot of obsidian and stuff, but in its natural form, unless you really know things really well, it's hard to tell what's underneath. Oh gosh, yeah. I know there's one show that had these thunder eggs, and they sell you for three dollars, and they crack them for you. And so you you end up this game like Cracker Jacks or the lotteries. You have this rock that's unopened. But for three dollars, they'll they'll give it to you, and then they'll open it for you, and you get to see what kind of crystals or whatever are inside. You know, I've got a big amethyst tower kind of a thing at home with two that's got a white crystal inside that's pretty rare, I think. Like an intrusion, like it has a white crystal intrusion inside the amethyst. Yeah, I, I don't never know seen if it's that. truly an intrusion because there's no crystal anywhere else on it. I don't oh. know how it got in there to see. 
it's pictures, pretty pictures. neat. I can. Then we also had neighbors in Port Angeles who would drive over to the Waihee Basin, which is a long drive, and they'd take their uh, four by four, and they had this particular creek bed, and they'd take these 60 or 70 pound thunder eggs that are huge. And the guy had a physical problem, so it was up to the woman to do it. And she would carry him up the bank four by four, and they'd fill the trailer and come home with them and spend the next year. But they had a huge, it's an 18 inch saw, so they could slice out the thunder eggs. And so they'd take the center slices, then we, we would buy a couple ends from them. Mm -hmm. And you couldn't tell unless you saw, knew what the exact diameter was over the ridge. You'd never know that slices were taken out, right? That the interior doesn't change that much. So we would buy some of those huge thunder eggs from them because you don't see them very often, and they sold them cheap. So for the novice rock guy, what's a thunder egg? Huh? What's a thunder egg? It's a specific kind of geode that's solid instead of hollow. Okay. It has a really thick, distinct crust. I guess I need to take pictures of that, too. So when you cut them open, it's like a multifaceted agate, and then you, you shine it up or polish it. And there's all kinds of things to see in there. It's not like picture Jasper, which looks like a picture, but there's a lot of different colors and, and uh, motion to the rock. And from the outside, they look like a, a dinosaur egg, right? Mm -hmm. For lack of a... They would totally do. Yeah. And they're like lumpy, too. Yeah. yeah, they got little pimples on them. Sorry, I didn't even think about that for a minute. Well, no, but who doesn't know what a thunder egg is? <laughs> people who are not from this no. part of the country. Well, this statistic, 25% of people. <laughs> there you go. It's probably higher than that. Yeah. Which is shocking, I guess. I think rock hunting out here is like a phenomenon. We mm -hmm. Well, like, so the amount of geology in Oregon that is unique is, I think, what started this. You know, Dan grew up there, too, and... and the, the columnar joints in the basalt are some of the only ones in the world that exist, and they exist mostly in Oregon. The, the huge lava flows that are on the eastern ridge are unique. Portland is the only city in the nation in the nation that's got an active volcano in it. It's, it's an old dead shield volcano, but nonetheless, it's within city limits. You have to know what you're looking at. Most people don't. They just see a hill. Hmm. Um, you know, when we had Mount St. Helens and I got people going and, mm -hmm. you know, we grew up seeing stuff. In fact, I saw one the other day at a storage unit over here. I got a friend, I was helping him with his trailer and I looked down, hey, I think that's a piece of pumice. And sure enough, I took it home, put it in a thing of water and it floated. Mm -hmm. So it's a floating rock. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know what it is? We're not talking the stone that you rub your feet with, but this is just a little thing about this size. You set it in water and it floats and it's a real rock. Oh. It's a pretty rare thing. It's volcanic. It's got a lot of air pockets. It's a piece of magma that cooled so quickly that the air bubbles just expanded. Pretty cool. Sandstone. That's my answer. Sandstone? Is that kind of pumice? No, no. That's my answer for favorite rock. Oh. Really? I'll take a picture. Wait. Yeah. Cool. Okay, now you take a picture. Yay! I want to hear about your sandstone, by the way. The rock, the Moroccan stuff that it's the brown and black, and they have the uh, round sea creatures. What those things are called? Concretion. Uh, huh? Concretion, or an ammonite. It has ammonites, and it also has, I guess, nautiluses type things on it. Got, got yeah. that. When a store closed, they were selling all their stuff cheap, so I grabbed it. But it's pretty good size. Um, 
the the one I think I probably paid the most for. It's a it's a sphere that's clear um, crystal, but it's got I can't remember it's either three or four different facets coming into it. Mm-hmm. So you see the lines. You can actually, if you look in it, you can see the lines where the the different growths all came in. And I guess that particular um, setup is really rare as well. That you have three different rocks growing into one mm-hmm. and all the same material. So do you shop around for them a lot? I don't really have the money. <laughs> I mean, we just took down a bunch of walls, so we're really running out of display room. So everything's kind of put together downstairs on the bookshelves. It's almost all rocks. And there's no real form to it. I mean, it's not like decorating a house. You're trying to keep the same style. If you like it, you get it. Or if you, in this case, if you can afford it, you get it. <laughs> so, That's awesome. Yeah. And I like the big stuff. And there's some things I passed up. I wish I had. Where's that rock shop in Northeast Portland? Is it Buds? I couldn't tell you. Out on. There's the fossil one in downtown Portland. The no. fossil commune, the fossil cartel, the fossil cartel. Whatever. I think I've been through that. No, it's out like 60th near 80, where 84 and 205 come together. I think I know what you're talking about. Gems? But something, some guy's name. Yeah, it's a name. And I passed up on an agate from them. I wish they wanted $400 for it. It's a lot of money, but I wished I hadn't passed up on it now. It's pretty unique. The wife said, yeah, you know, probably not. <laughs> There was a guy, one of my coworkers last summer, I made friends with one of the rock hounds in Astoria, and he, like, you know, had, like, this lifelong collection. He ends up selling my coworker a piece of agatized dinosaur bone Ooh. that he had, like, partially polished. It was awesome. <laughs> like, you could cool. see, yeah, like, you could see all the different colors and stuff in, like, the pockets of what used to be bone. Oh, that kind of reminds so me. Cool. The one I wanted to get, I really never got a hold of at a reasonable price was, um, Agatized coral, gorgeous. Yeah, hard to get. Very expensive. Quartz is so cool. Yeah, let's quartz its way into everything. Petrified wood. I have some agatized clams somewhere. Nice. Yeah. Add a little garlic butter to it. <laughs> Sounds delicious. Huh? I know, right? <laughs> so why sandstone? Depositions. Yeah. Okay. That's. Easy. Pretty much it. Um, sandstone, I did a lot of studying on flasure bedding when I was in school for my sedimentary geology project. And flasure bedding is a sandstone deposition from an underwater landslide. Hmm. And I just, I like the waves of it. I like trying to figure out where it came from, how it was deposited, what was deposited. The thing I like most, the flasure beddings are my favorite because they, the only way to form them are from underwater landslides. So you get a lot of very, very fine particulates that settle on the ripples of the sand and stuff underneath. So then you can kind of actually tell it's just, it's pretty much clay for, you know, that small particulate stuff. But then when you look at like sandstone up on the land, you have very large, you know, curves, ripples, whatever you want to call them. You can kind of tell the deposition, the way the land looked when it was deposited. Whereas these ones are very, very minute ripples. So it looks kind of like it's an underwater, well, it is underwater sand. sand that's been deposited over multiple different landslides. That's awesome. Um, Coos Bay, Oregon is where I did all my research. 
I spent a week there one afternoon. On purpose? <laughs> I liked Coos Bay. It was... When I was out there, you know, we were out on a different trip for geology. We weren't out there to study flasier bedding. But I saw this, and I didn't understand what it was. My sedimentary geology teacher was not very great at teaching. Um, he wasn't able to give me a good enough explanation of why this particular sandstone looked different from other sandstones. So then I just did my own research and ended up crafting my project off of you based what on minerals I in it, wouldn't it? Found. You really don't find minerals. Okay. So what give so what is the responsible for different colors then? Um, I'll have to bring it in for you. It's it's clay, it's dark and light, different depositions, but it's all very similar in color. So it's all dark gray, pretty much. Different shades of dark gray based on a little darker than that, right? A little bit. Gray but some of color. it is pretty light too. Gray is a good color. Great, I got nothing off gray. It's um, got fifty shades of it, apparently. Yeah, but no, I I just like it because the, the depositional <laughs> layers are so small on it, like centimeters is, I, maybe millimeters more of an accurate measurement for those. Hmm. Um, whereas, like you see the deposition of sandstone, like on the side of the highway, and you can have you know layers feet thick. Yeah. But you're not going to get that because of the way these are formed from the landslides. And they're formed, you know, not right at the edge, but further out where that fine particulate kind of is able to move out and then settle very widespread. And then of course, you know, over millions of years, everything works its way up on land and that's when you see it. That's awesome. So that was cool. Couldn't find any, I was actually super proud of myself. I couldn't find any text about it. It was not very well studied. It took me a long time in the library. I had to draw my own figures wow. of how I, was pretty sure they were formed because I couldn't really find any straight up publications on yes, this is how they're well, formed. I think this is where why. you find them indicates how they're formed. Yep. Right? they don't have the the the, the earth pressures right. and temperatures to to do whatever right? to compact them exactly. They're all formed underwater. Compact and heat. Yeah. So you get that you get pressure, but. Yeah, Coos Bay, Oregon. So I read um, Underfoot in Western Washington, or Geology Underfoot in Western Washington. Are you familiar? They're like, it's, it's a series of books. There's only like 20 of them for every, like one for like 20 states. Um, and they talked, they tried to cover like every big formation that was unique to Oregon and Washington. They did not mention anything like that. Yeah, it's not. Very, it was all just basalt. <laughs> well, they, I mean, that's what we're known for out there. But that's what I that's what I ran into look, searching in libraries for these. It's like I found one book that mentioned it like fifty or sixty years ago, and they did a decent enough job where I was able to glean enough information out of it to really kind of help with my project. But a lot of it was just research I did, and I didn't I didn't have any models to test or anything. So it was a lot of drawings and speculation um, based off of the little amount I was able to find that was published on it, hmm. and. I don't know if, I don't think my professor's still around. He was going to use all my work to teach people. <laughs> He's like, you should probably do your own work, Dr. Myers. <laughs> I feel like you could get that published. <laughs> I would have to work on it a lot. Oh, well, how long was, ago was this? Uh, 2011. I don't think technology's changed that much since then to render it needing to be updated a whole lot. Probably not. The rock's kind of old, right? <laughs> I don't know, a couple the, million years. The thing that struck me on the West Coast is <clears throat> the Burgess Shale in British Columbia. And I think they've cut, you can't get there anymore, I don't think. 
that it was so spectacular that people from the Smithsonian Museum were going there to get samples and look at. But it's a truly world unique deposit on on the coast of British Columbia, and it was discovered. Well, discovered is a relative term, right? Became popularized, I think, at the turn of last century, the nineteen hundred something. Because it was such a rare, unique find that you could see all of history right there, complete organisms and animals there, everything. It seemed like everything on Earth was deposited in that. And I don't know, at one point, the, the, the government said, you know, you're just, we're losing this resource by people coming and taking home stuff. Yeah, I feel like I've heard of that. Are you, shale. Did you used to be allowed to pay to... Like dig there, yeah. Take, yeah. Okay, yeah. I've totally heard of that. My actually, the guy that bought the dinosaur bone last year brought it up and showed me. I mean, people are taking home like three foot fish. It's cool. <laughs> like, yeah, and they're not. They're like starkly black against this like sooty gray background. They're really good looking yeah. fossils, but I guess they're closed now. That makes sense. They're probably going to close Stone Rose pretty soon too. Close what? Stone Rose. What's that? Um, up in Republic, Washington. There's like a. That's the one we were talking about. Yeah. You should, you should go. Too many people going in. Well, I mean, they just, they're kids and the people, like, the kids just, like, smack the shale and. Yeah. I mean, it's fun for them. Right. I have yeah. both sides of an elm leaf. Oh, cool. I, yeah. So very cool. I don't know. I just didn't buy from somebody put the work in, so I don't have to. I'm Equally good. I have a piece of quartz, piece of copper that I actually bought. That's oh, yeah, and I bought a, a nice garnet that was polished and stuff. Um, I don't really buy stuff at gem shows or anything. So I, I mean, my collection is stuff that I found myself. Yeah. The reason I guess it's like the gun thing. You go to gem shows because there's stuff you can't possibly see. Right. You're not going to see most of that stuff yep. anywhere else. Yeah. Exactly. Like I don't have. The gems I have are all inclusions and in other rocks that I found, which is why I took them. Was because it's like, yeah, here's nice like garnet I was talking about. Um, you can find the malachite, uh, mica. There's a lot of that one. That's in the hills around here, though. In one. it, yeah. Uh -huh. Like a hit, like a peak. No, there's lots of. That's something I need to check off my list. Yeah, so yeah. We went ziplining there. Oh, nice. Was it cool? Yeah, it was really good. It was worth it. Cool. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Yay. Yeah. That's.